All right, welcome to Getting to Knowcast, episode eight. Um, this is gonna be such a great episode. Everyone's at this table is just quite excited. Um, all right, can you introduce yourself. How's it going? Uh, it's uh, Sam Sadomsky. Um, uh, do I should I speak into the? No, no, no. Okay, just, just like I'm normally talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay uh, you know, how's it going? <laughs> Um, Alright, so where did it all begin for Sam Sadomsky? Where were you born? I was born in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, which is um, a great place to be born. Um, you know, I was born in a hospital It's like five minutes from where I live now. Uh, Same hospital uh, where I learned to drive in the parking lot. Uh, yeah. Nice. Is, uh, like, are your parents from there? Yeah, my parents grew up um, in that area. Uh, They met um, through, like, the Jewish community of, um, you know, like, Berks County, Pennsylvania. And um, their parents live there and still do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know about if they're, like, how far back does the... It just goes to their parents. Um, My mom's parents moved there from Philly when she was young. And um, my dad's parents um, used to live in London. And moved to um, back to Reading, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah. And so then, what was it like? Uh, How did you describe growing up there? I was great. Um, it was, uh, you know, I had. It was quiet, but I had most of the stuff I needed. There was, um, you know, there were record stores I could go to. There were like, quiet places for me to, you know, just travel to when I was bored. Um, a lot of good kids I'm still friends with I met early on in my time there. Still like, still friends? Yeah, still I still have a bunch of friends from back home. Um, and then is it just like, is it just one high school like in your... Yeah, there's your um, one high school, um, Why Missing High School, it's like 7th through 12th grade there. And there's some neighboring high schools in different areas, but for Why Missing, you basically go there. What's your uh, school mascot? The Spartan. <laughs> do you know? Do you know why? <laughs> no, I have no idea. I was so far removed from like, um, like sports stuff and like the school. Oh, uh, you weren't going to like pep rallies. And no, stuff. I wasn't going to any rallies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like those like mascot names are always like pretty arbitrary. Yeah, they're ext- and I feel like um, the Spartan is like the one you go to when you don't have any other ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Spartan you know? or like Tiger. Yeah, the Tiger, the Spartan. What does it mean? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were the uh, Pelicans. That's actually great. Pelham Pelicans. I think that's the only reason they chose it. Cause it's, like, yeah. It well, like... I mean, Pelican. A Pelican is a great metaphor. You know, there's a lot a Pelican represents. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much time it's we like... have for the. <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> really? Like what? <laughs> I mean, t- you know, there's I mean, there's a metal band called Pelican. There's um, you know, there's the like. <laughs> This is going in a different direction than I want. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll cut, we'll cut it short. Um, were you, uh, were you, what were you involved in in like high school? Um, uh, mostly music stuff. Um, like since I was like five, music just dominated my life. Um, uh, the big thing for me in high school is I played in this band um, that. Um, we were doing a lot of shows and we were practicing all the time. 
And so most days, like from after school to like um, around like six or seven, like I'd be with you know those guys yeah. practicing. Um, and aside from that, I just spent a lot of time you know on the internet, like looking up bands, um, like ordering records online, you know, reading about different bands and stuff like that. Getting educated. Yeah, getting educated, I guess. What uh, what kind of music did you guys play? Are, um, are you still together? No, no. Um, I left the band. Um, for 11th grade and they continued on with a new guitarist. Um, we did a lot of um, like classic rock kind of stuff which was just like um, like the, the common ground between us. We were all just obsessed um, with just classic rock and um, I, we were just trying to like um, imitate different records we liked um, and different you know things we were getting into. Okay. Um, Alright. Maybe I'll come back to this topic. Yeah, we can always come back. But, um, okay, so you're with the band in high school. Yeah. And so how did you, how did you end up in Syracuse? Uh, well, my mom went here. Oh, And, okay. um, so she was getting newsletters about the school, and when the Bandier program started, she showed it to me, and it just seemed, uh, like a really awesome opportunity and a way for me to just keep, like, doing what I was already doing, which is just, like, you know, reading about bands and going to their shows and buying records and do it and learn more about it. And when it like came time for me to apply to schools, I, um, I applied to a few others like Oberlin and um, I was interested in Wesleyan. And Did you apply for music, like music programs there no, also? No, not at all. Um, I applied to Syracuse Early Decision for bands here. Oh, okay. And my idea was if I didn't get here, I would just study something completely different. You know, and just let music continue being just a hobby or something. I like, you know, like a passion, like side thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I got in. So. Wow, that's great. So Syracuse is like the only school that you were really gonna do do music with. Right. Yeah. Definitely. What were some like? What else might you have done? Uh, I mean, I was a kid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, yeah, like, okay, um, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe like religion. You know, I like thought I was. You know, like I'm an artist. So like, I thought like if I learned about like religion or like. Um, you know, theology, that it would be really fun. <laughs> and, like, uh, my first semester here, like, I took a religion course, and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Why? Um, I don't know. Like, I love, um, I love, like, the theories behind religions, but there's just something about, like, being in an academic setting and, like, um, being taught about, like, people's faiths as if it was, like, um, you know, like an academic subject that just made it kind of... Um, Takes, yeah, it takes the soul out it, of it. Yeah, it takes of. something out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, like, you know, um, I'm not trying to like start beef with religion majors or anything. <laughs> I think it's important. But I just think like for me, it's kind of like it was like looking at it from the angle that I've been trying to avoid looking at most things from, which is like that super academic, like um, judgmental almost way of looking at things. Okay. 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 Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Can I ask you a non-sequitur? Yeah, totally. Did you have a bar mitzvah? Yeah, I totally had a bar mitzvah. I barely remember it. Um, Too drunk? <laughs> I wasn't drunk, but um, yeah, yeah, okay. some kids there like got drunk in the basement because you know oh, it's like wow. right when um, kids are starting to discover alcohol. Yeah. And like you know, like Sam's bar mitzvah, you know, is coming up. Like, let's do it. You know, I remember um, my rabbi was pretty drunk. My uncle was pretty drunk. Um, really? Yeah. You're a rabbi? Yeah, yeah. Rabbis go hard. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing in the Torah that's like 
if you're a rabbi, you gotta stay sober. You know yeah. what I mean? Like rabbis are like procreating, they're getting drunk. Like it's a it's a pretty fun job. <laughs> I, I used to say when people like um, when like my like older relatives or like people like older people I didn't know would ask me like what I'm interested in doing. I used to just say you know probably being a rabbi. <laughs> yeah. and it's fun, you know. It's it seems fun. Would you ever? Well, do you practice at all? Judaism? Yeah. Uh, no, not particularly. Okay, so you probably wouldn't ever really be a rabbi. No, I'm not on the path at all. <laughs> but, you know, there's this thing, most, like, um, Jewish men, when they turn 40, like, around that time, they become, uh, there's, like, a, no pun intended, a rejuvenation <laughs> of the spirit where, um, where they, like, they feel the, you know, the, the presence of Judaism in their life again, so... Who knows what'll happen? Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm definitely not like um, I'm definitely not like an atheist or like an anti-religion kind of guy. Like I love religion. Yeah. I'm just like too concerned with like um, you know, being like a kid right now and like yeah, 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 having yeah. fun and like chilling with my friends to like remember to, like rap to fill in or anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, that's that was section one, the getting to know section. Okay. We're gonna take a station break. This is a new segment I'm introducing to the show. I've never oh, done this no. before. This is called the uh, shout-out section. Okay. So people, I'm not going to say people listen to this show, but people have listened to this show. <laughs> Specifically, five people have told me they've listened to this show. So okay. I, I just want to give them some, uh, give them their due if they're Great. listening right now. Yeah. So I, I want to give a shout-out to Mom, who I think is a faithful listener. Raul, who's been doing some hardcore work on the blog with comments. Uh, AJ, AJ Clues, thanks for listening. Krantz, I'm not sure if you listened or not, but I think you did. And Mark, thanks for supporting me from day one. Okay. You know, it's, I'm glad you do this because um, as like a, a guy who makes music, I know how important it is. Or like a fan of like bands, like when you get your, um, you know, you get your shout out. It's, you always remember where you came from, even when you're like taking off at a rapid pace the way even, you're in your even, show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't forget the little people. Even when we get our, our tenth listener, I'll remember these <laughs> That's great. I love that segment. That's uh, my favorite part. I, I'll make, yeah, alright. So, oh yeah. So if, you, if you're listening to the show, tell me you've listened to the show and I'll give you a nice fucking shout out. I've listened to your time. show before. Really? Yeah, I listened to the one with Spike. Oh, okay, okay. All right, let me give a shout out to my boy Sam Sadomski. Thanks thank for you. listening. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate the support. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you listen, let me know. I'll give you a great shout out. All right, part two, section two. This is called the question section, I guess. I don't have a name for this part yet. Uh, maybe we'll come up with that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. These are a lot of these questions are questions uh, Spike recommended. Okay. Um, so the bird calls. Yeah, wow. Talk about That's it. That's huge. Um, First, what, what's up with the name? I've always admired that. Yeah? It's really like, it's, I don't know, it's kind of strange. Yeah, um, well, okay, so the bird calls I started when I was like 12 years old. Oh, wow. Like I'm talking like 12 and 13. And there's a time like 2004, 2005 when, um, when like I'm... Um, at this point in my life, I'm starting to get into um, kind of like the, at the time, what I believe to be like the, the subculture, like the okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like independent bands. At this time, you've got like um, 
like Wolf Parade and Grizzly Bear, you've got all these animal bands. And so honestly, the name The Bird Cause was just me trying to like come up with my cool animal name to fit in with the others. Oh, awesome. So, and also, granted, at this time, I'm a 12-year-old who doesn't really know how to play guitar, doesn't really know how to sing, like, um, barely know how to write lyrics. Um, so the, the name comes from that. It was that, that's what The Bird Cause was when it started. Okay. Um, and since then, I've just been using it for everything that's just me. Uh-huh. And um, just, I'm, I'm a sucker for consistency, you know, I just like <laughs> using the same thing. Um, I like, I've played around with the name a few times, um, but that's just more out of like, um, you know, boredom or like wanting to like mess around, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well that's, cr- I didn't know it was like a fucking like 10 year journey. Yeah. But, uh, so like how has it evolved? Well, that's hard for me to say, right? I mean, I'm in like the thick of it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. Well, where did you start and where are you now? Okay, um, well, hmm, let me think, like, I think the first Bird Calls album I ever made was an album called The Sorcerer, and it was a concept album about, um, like, wizards and stuff. It had a really, um, (laughs) that's really far from what I do now, um. So I was doing stuff like that. Like, How old were you when The Sorcerer came out? It was August 2006, so I was turning 14. Okay. Um, and I, it was just because I was a kid, I had nothing to write about, you know, so I was like <laughs> trying to come up with something that I thought would be cool if like a band announced they were doing it, yeah, like making yeah, a big yeah. concept album. Um, after that, um, I started like um, dating girls, and I started like um, trying to write like um, songs I thought girls would like, you know, like songs for, you know, my girlfriends, or songs for the girls I was interested in, and, um, and, you know, that took the bird calls in a different direction, because at this point I'm, like, trying to express myself. It's a good exercise for, like, any, um, like, you know, lustful 15-year-old to, like, try to put it into, like, words. Um, and then as I got older, I think I started, um, I think I started listening to lyrics and other songs more and thinking about the way my favorite artists um, represented themselves in lyrics. Um, and after like my first big breakup with a girl, I started focusing more on um, like the inward, like um, you know, the the poetry, like natural poetry, I guess, of just lyricism. It sounds so silly. I mean, like it sounds silly to like look back and try to put it into words. Because it's tough, just because now, I think, um, you know, and since then, I've just started writing more and more and more. Um, you know, for the last few years, I've just been writing, like, every morning, or just That's every awesome. day. Wow. Yeah, and so now, it's less, um, it's less divisive, I think. I'm not trying to... Like a device or... Or less, like, um... I'm less... I'm not so much trying to, like, um targeted at someone or trying to like pull okay. up different emotions I don't look at it and say like you know this is my Leonard Cohen song anymore this is my you know Graham Parsons song anymore now I think it's more um, just meditative of just um, you know writing for the sake of writing and getting better at it would you say like more personal kind of yeah it's extremely personal yeah mm-hmm. man that's really cool um well, okay, here's a question. Why do you 
release the music? Yeah, that's a great question. I want to think about like all the time when I'm about to release an album. <laughs> um, well, to me, the point, like all the time, people will say to me, like, like you know, like you have so many albums, like it's really hard for me, like, to stay, like, you know, on top of what you're doing. Yeah. And I guess like it all goes back to like me being like six years old and like discovering Bruce Springsteen and thinking like, oh my God, I need all of this. And like looking at his discography and seeing like 15 records and box sets and knowing there's unreleased material and just like, it's the most overwhelming thing, but it's the most exciting. Okay. And to me, that's okay. how I look at music. You know what I mean? I see, um, I see these bands with just so much I need to catch up on. Like, um, same thing happened when I discovered Black Sabbath. They're like, any band who's like a career band, and they have all this stuff. And to me, we're living in a time now where we don't really value music, let alone like, like um, look at the, the whole story we want. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 we want yeah, yeah. MP3 streaming, we don't want to touch it after we've heard it. So I think um, me releasing The Bird Calls is like, as just a series of like constant records. It's kind of like me trying to recreate that experience. Because, I mean, even if, um, to me it's, a, to me it's like a, a success if someone, like, there's one record they like and there's like three songs on it they listen to regularly, you know, because, I mean, that's the way it is, for me at least, when I look back at bands, like, um, you know, I was getting into David Bowie and I knew Young Americans, I didn't know his other records, and, you know, I, none of his other records sounded like that, it's so overwhelming, but that's what I loved about music, and to me, that's the, the experience I want to recreate whether or not anyone's paying attention to me there's just a feeling of um, like you know consistency and just um, devotion to it do you ever feel like um, do you ever feel like you're documenting it like for yourself definitely yeah um, yeah I mean a lot of it is really self-serving um, including the songwriting process itself um, yeah, it's definitely a lot for me. I mean, the bird cause is great because I'm the only member. I'm the producer. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. a manager. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. You know, I can make the cover what I want. I can make the track list what I want. It's a really freeing um, and like yeah. meditative process. Um, is that? I want to ask you like. I got it. Kind of makes sense. I was going to ask you why you. Well, why do you? Um, why do you just play an acoustic guitar? I guess harmonica too. Yeah. yeah, there's sometimes other. I play piano sometimes. Oh, okay, sometimes okay. harmonica. Um, but yeah, why no like whatever synthesizer? Or... Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, there probably will be at some point, just when I like, get really bored of it. But um, for me, it's what I'm comfortable with, and it's the sound I like. I mean, I love acoustic guitar music, and. Um, okay. And really, um, I consider myself to be more like a lyrics guy as opposed to a music guy. Um, I think if I tried to do a record that was like synth and like whatever, like to me it would sound less successful. It would sound less like pleasing to me just because I'm not as good at it. The lyrics might get lost a little bit. Yeah, and um, for me, like the acoustic guitar is more a vehicle for the lyrics okay. and for the melodies. Um, it's, it's not really something I think about that much. I just, I love playing guitar, and um, I just like the sound of it, and until, until I'm like confident enough with another instrument, or I find other musicians 
to work with. I think acoustic guitar and vocals is probably what the great cause would be. Okay. Spike texted me this picture that you wanted me to ask you about. Okay. Um, I would. Uh, so. I would describe it as like a photo of like a boy band. <laughs> is that what this is? Were you in a boy band? Um, <laughs> okay, well, first let's talk about that photo itself. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah. Okay, this photo was taken in um, September uh, 2006 with a photo shoot with a dude who did um, all of Aerosmith's press photos. Oh, wow. This, yeah, the dude was great. Um, he had these crazy stories about like like Joe Perry storming out and like Steven Tyler spitting on him. It was cool. Um, but I, I, <laughs> I mean, this, so, this picture says a lot. I mean, if you look at me, I look completely out of place. Um, we, I wouldn't say we were a boy band just because all of us played instruments. You know, like you got bass, guitar, drums, and vocals. But I would definitely say we were um, a group of kids in a band whose manager was trying to capitalize on the fact that we were like, like um, you know, young like, like skinny white kids who like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's funny to look back on it. Like, also my haircut in that picture was not a haircut I decided on. It was a haircut that was like given to me. You know? By what? Like by your manager? Yeah, by like a stylist that like um, we all had to go to. Um, wow. Yeah. Did you? Wow. Did you feel? Uh, like exploited? Yeah, and that's why I left. I mean, it wasn't really my thing. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, um, and it's hard for me to talk about it just because the other guys stayed way longer than I did, so it's way worse for them. Uh-huh. You know, um, or are they, are they still together? No, um, what happened was um, after I left, they, um, they uh, left high school to pursue the band further. Oh, they left high school? Yeah, oh, wow. and to... Um, to work on this deal, which I don't even really know the specifics of, and it all just kind of ended um, in disaster, almost like with lawsuits and stuff. And, oh wow! Um, and now all of them are doing fine; like they've moved past it. They're you know in college or working and doing good stuff. But um, it was uh, an experience, you know. <laughs> Did you guys? Uh, well, what was this? Fo- why was this photo taken? It was taken. Um, just for new press photos, I guess, just because we were all going through puberty and we didn't look the same as we did when our first press photos were taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had, like, a website. Um, to, you know, we had MySpace. Uh, we were recording a few tracks. Who Do you know who these photos were sent out to? I don't. I was so disconnected from that. I didn't even okay. really see the money, like, that we were making. Like, um, it was all going through the manager. Did you, I mean, did you end up making any money? The only, like, um, source of, like, revenue that I saw was from this performance we did on Nickelodeon. And every time um, that would be played, I would get a check in the mail for, you know. What, uh, I mean, why did you play Nickelodeon? Um, Because we were kids and we were playing rock music and... um, uh, this we, a lot of our time in the band was spent driving to New York, flying to LA to do interviews okay. with um, these like non-musical um, type things, like with like Radio Disney or like um, to, for like Target commercials where they wanted like a garage band in it. Um, 
So, like, at a certain point, like, this one show, I think it was on, like, Noggin, was like, yeah, Noggin. it's like a music show. We want, like, you kids on it. We flew up to New York, or we went up to New York and um, spent a day recording. And the next day, like, my favorite day was the day, like, we filmed it. Because um, it's funny, because all those kids' shows are filmed by, like, these, like, ex-music industry people who, like, you know, would just, like, tell me the stories and stuff. Which oh, was wow. always my favorite part was um, meeting people who would tell me stories about, like, you know, Survivor or Ario Speedwagon and just, like, yeah. you know, because everyone, like, everyone in the entertainment industry has, like, stories about, like, these bands. Mm -hmm. I like their stories. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Have you ever thought of, like, changing, switching genres and becoming, like, a, trying to start a boy band again? No, like a real, no, but do it, but do it right this time. Like no instruments. No, I'm not the. No instruments. I'm not the guy for that anymore. You know what I mean? Too old. I'm too old. I'm not. I'm not old what people want. Up, you know. I'm the. I'm the. I'm maybe the guy introducing the boy band or like the guy like um interviewing them after their show. I'm not the. I'm not the boy band dude anymore. You know. Not the young stud. No, you I've, I've had like too many. Um, I've eaten too much pizza and just like um. Just lived life too, uh, too boring and um, indulgently to, <laughs> to ever be that kind of guy. Uh, don't give up. Don't give yeah, up. I don't know. <laughs> I have other aspirations. Um, okay, so another one of your uh, projects, which I'm a big fan of, Friendless Bummer. Yeah. First of all. I gotta compliment you on the name of the band. Yeah. Which is just fucking like hilarious. It's a great name. <laughs> Who came up with that name? How did you decide on it? Oh god. Um Well, I think Ben, unlike me, is not obsessed with naming things. Like okay. if there were other people in the bird calls, they would get mad at me all the time because all I'm doing is like coming up with names, like, yo, I'm gonna call my next album this. Like if you look at my um like external hard drive, it's like over half of the files on my external hard drive are like fake album <laughs> titles and like track lists for albums I'll never make oh, or albums I will make and it'll just be mine. Then on the other hand, we'll go like, I don't know the names of any of our songs at this point. It's just because it's not the way he runs it. You know, it's not what he thinks about. So I think um, we probably didn't have a name until the literally the last minute when we had to do a show. Oh, really? And I think um, the name of our band comes from one of our songs. And first it was Endless Bummer, and um, so we were going to be called Endless Bummer, and then I think, that's a, it's good, right? And then I think um, we were just riffing on that, like, and I think one of us was like, what about Friendless Bummer? And, um, like, I just think it was probably the last thing that was said before we left, and that's what was decided on. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I just love it. Like a group of people who are going out to entertain and like make people and get people to have a good time. Mm -hmm. It's just gonna be like we fucking suck. It's very um it's very much with like Ben's aesthetic and like the okay. songs he writes. Um to me it's just it's a really good name. Yeah. Yeah. Um and what about your sound? You guys like yeah. you guys really get the people going. Yeah, it's fun. Um I've it's great to be in a band like that after just playing this depressing folk music for so long to be in a band where I look out in the audience and there's kids like smiling and like pouring beer on themselves. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think, um, I think that comes from a mix of just, um, 
like bands being like I'm um, just growing up with hardcore music that's very like audience oriented and like um, energy oriented and just me coming from like a school of classic rock which is all about like like everybody make some noise you know what I mean like um, the combination of that is lethal you know? it's dangerous yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean actually though like there are both times I've seen you guys play, there have been like pretty intense mosh pits. And yeah, aggr some aggressive dancing. Well, to me, that says more about uh, the audience than our band. I think Syracuse kids in general have a lot of pent up anger and energy. Um, you think so? <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think um, like when they hear that like distorted guitar and like um, kind of like screaming vocals, to me that's kind of a cue to just let loose. Yeah. You know. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think we have all this, like, energy and... I think because um, we probably smoke too much pot and spend too much time on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Um, all right. A few months ago, you introduced me to... Hesitate to call him a man. Call him an icon. His name's Riff Raff. Yeah, Riff Raff. I've been like, ever since you showed him to me, mm. I've just become like mildly fascinated with this guy. Yeah. First of all, he's actually like a good rapper. Yeah, he's great. Like, he's got really, he's got a great voice, very yeah, like I melodic agree. and, you know. Yes, to me, he has like one of the best rap voices since Slick Rick. You know, since that era of like '90s rappers. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll continue. Um, well, yeah, but okay, just that combined with. I mean, he's like unbelievable. Like, you look at this yeah. guy, and you're just like, how is he real? Right. Um. What are you, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Riff Raff? Oh yeah. Um, well. The reason I recommended Riff Raff to you was because you reminded me of Riff Raff from the minute I saw you in class with that crazy sweater and your mustache. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like, thank you, thank I, like, you, I'm thank not, you. I'm not like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like a preacher of Riff Raff. Like, uh, okay, you know, I was a specific recommendation for you, but I do, I think he's fascinating. Um, I think he's a poet. I think um, yeah. he, he's so good at coming up with stuff. You know, if you look at his Twitter feed, it reads, like, just straight poetry. Like, there's something beautiful about all of his tweets. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's something beautiful about pretty much all of his raps. Um, it's, you know. like, this whole thing is, like, it's a combination of, like, amazing irony, but also, like, sincerity in there, Yeah, too. he's got, um, and he's just got a crazy mind, like, yeah. um, you know, like, um, you're on just like rhinoceros with immaculate, like, you know, that's great. Really? Yeah, and uh, Orion's Belt, and the song with Kitty Pride. Um, yeah. Do you ever, have, do you listen to, um, Danny Brown? Um, you know, I'm, I know Danny Brown, and I've heard his music, and I think it's cool, but I, I, I'm so disconnected from the rap world. Um, my, one of my best friends, um, you met him, Young Crybaby, uh, Kevin, yeah. Dude, what are, Amazing dude. He's an amazing dude. Today's his birthday. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and happy so birthday. happy birthday, crybaby. He's um Kevin for the last since I've known him has been like my conduit to the rap world. Um, okay. 
he's the guy who got me into Red Wrath. Um, you know, and I mean, it's been mutual. Like, I got him into Flocka um, and um, Lil B, I think. But Kevin is just so, like, um, like he has his finger on the pulse of rap music and he gets yeah, me yeah. into what I listen to just because um, it's not really what I seek out, you know. Okay. Um, like, there's, like, you know, albums people have recommended to me. Um, and I just, like, listen to, like, um, you know, the new Black Sabbath song, like, 20 times, you know. I yeah. just, um, I just, for whatever reason, I just, I, it's hard for me to, like, stay connected to the... Is that, is that song called, um, God is Dead? Yeah, it's called God is Dead, and I'm kind of aware that it's no good. <laughs> like, it's produced by Rick Rubin, who I think, um, did a miserable job. Um, yeah. Like, I could go on a rant about the new Black Sabbath song, but... Hit it. Well, I mean, okay. Like, first off, Bill Ward is the, the drummer from Sabbath, is not in Sabbath anymore. And, okay. I mean, he's missing. You listen to it, and you don't hear those thundering drums. You get the guy from Rage Against the Machine, who's a fine drummer, but it does create a void in the song. Secondly, Ozzy Osbourne's double-tracked vocals completely reduces the um, amount of evil in it. To me, his voice, like... If you listen to a live recording of the early Sabbath lineup, it sounds way more evil with just Ozzy just <laughs> screaming into the mic than hearing like his double track voice coming in from both sides and you're like and you just imagine like you know, like seventy year old Ozzy in the like in the recording yeah, they're yeah. like, Now where to run <laughs> like it's it's just not as evil. But I will say Tony Iommi shows up on this track. Okay. He shows up, you know what I mean? He's um He's a god, so I've, I've listened to the track about 20 times now, and I think um, Tony Iommi deserves a Grammy. <laughs> so, yeah. Alright, we'll make that happen. Yeah. Hashtag Tony Iommi. Yep. What's his name? Tony Iommi? Iommi, yeah, he's Tony the guitarist of Sabbath. Okay. Um, Alright. Cool. Uh, was that on your list? Um, like point number five, asked Sam what he thinks of the new Sabbath song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually, that was my next. Yeah, question. leave that part in the cutting room floor. That's how it takes. <laughs> the show has no cutting room floor. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Too much work. Yeah, I guess. You're not an amateur. You don't do throwaway bits. You know. <laughs> it's all called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. All right. I don't even know where to begin with this one, because I, I just, this is going to be an epic story, but, okay, there's a picture of you with Bruce Springsteen. Photoshop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, be crazy. Um, but, alright, dude, give me the whole story. Give me the build-up. Okay. How, um, what is going well, on How much this? time do we have? Could I, I mean... Okay, well, to know the magnitude of this story is to know that I heard Bruce Springsteen for the first time when I was five years old. I heard Dancing in the Dark um, on the, the Muppets. There was, like, a children's, like, rendition of it. And um, I, like, flipped as a five-year-old, and I, like, asked my mom who it is, and she was like, oh, this is a Bruce Springsteen song. Like, I have a few of his tapes. So I listened to Bruce's greatest hits and Born to Run. They're the first two Bruce things I heard. And, like, um, as a kid, I was, like, as obsessed as possible as, uh, as like, anyone could be about anything. I spent, you know, the first conscious years of my lifetime just listening to Bruce's records on my bedroom floor, reading his lyrics. Just something clicked in my, like, young, like, you know, like, autistic brain where I was like, I need all of it, I want all of it, I need to know everything about it. I was just, like, reading, um, 
like just his biographies, I would bring them to school and just like read them. Um, and this was only made possible because between 1995 and 2002, there was no new Bruce studio material, which allowed me to just become acquainted with all his old stuff. Um, and so I just spent so much time obsessing over him. By the time The Rising came out, and, uh, t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing it right now for The Rising. That came out in 2002. Um, since then, he's basically been touring and recording nonstop. It's like the dream I was dreaming when I was like a kid and he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, I literally would go to the record store every day my mom would take me and look through the Bruce CDs to see if there was a new one there. Just because I didn't oh. know how the music industry worked. I would just wow. go every day like hoping to find something new. Um, and finally, like, he did come back, put out incredible new records, that, a lot of which I rank among like, his best ever. Um, and so, when he went on tour for The Rising in um, fall 2002, I was 10 years old, and um, I saw him for the first time then, and it was one of the first shows I'd ever been to, and I, you know, I loved it. Um, um, and just since then, like, his shows have just gotten crazier and, and um, better and longer and stronger and I've gotten older and like more familiar and more attached to his material so I've seen him over I think 15 times now and um, oh, wow. so last year uh, he released Wrecking Ball which um, is an incredible record and um, it was uh, it was highlighted with um, a speech he gave at South by Southwest which I was able to attend through Bandier the Bandier program oh. And so I was obviously at his speech like really early and watched from the front. It was incredible. Uh, if you haven't heard the speech, I recommend it. It's incredible. It's, all, it's online. Yeah, it's definitely online. And um, so I got like obviously when it was over, like I went up to like his guitarist Steve Van Zandt and like just like kind of harassed the crap out of him. But I was like, like Steve Van Zandt, like I know you're busy. Like um, you know, I just wanted to say like I've listened to all your solo records, which is true. You know, because like when I was out of Bruce music to listen to, I went through like all his um, band members like Nils Lofgren and Steve Van Zandt and even Clarence Clemens had some solo records and I listened to all their solo albums and I just think it's something little Steven probably doesn't hear that much is someone being like, hey, like your solo album Freedom No Compromise like changed my life, you know, he's just like, he's like, what? Like, <laughs> he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, it's Sam. And he's like, um, hey, thanks a lot, Sam. Take care, baby. You know, <laughs> and so um, through just a stroke of luck, like I won the lottery to see Bruce's like tiny show at South by, um, and oh, so wow. I, like I was there like six hours early, and I got to the show, like I was the first one in, and like I um, was right up front and center. So when Bruce came on, I was just like making eye contact all night, just like streaming along with him, like um, and like at that show he gave me his harmonica at the end of the Promised Land, which is um something he would do throughout the rest of the tour like like after that track would give someone his harmonica but yeah. that was the first show um, like the first you know bigger show from the tour so technically it was kind of an unprecedented thing yeah. um, so wow. it was awesome like after the show I was like this is it you know what I mean yeah. like this is my moment and it was great <laughs> you know so um, yeah so then um, he played the New Orleans Jazz Festival and I have a friend who goes to school at Tulane and so I was like I'm buying tickets, like I'm flying, I'm staying with you to see Bruce. I saw him four times last year. You flew from Syracuse to New Orleans? Uh, yeah, I flew from Syracuse to New Orleans. I'd never been before. It's an awesome city. Um, so I went to that show, and it was like an outdoor festival. And so I couldn't be as close as I was in Austin, but I was like, it's you know, it's okay, what else could I want? So um, during that show, he actually walked all the way out to where I was during one of the songs, like, oh, okay. just because he comes out in the crowd. Um, and so he gets up on the podium and um, 
Like, if you see me at a Bruce show, I'm just, like, wilding out nonstop, just, like, waving at him, and, like, um, <laughs> so I was, like, waving at him. I guess he saw me, and he points at me, and he, like, motions for me to come up, and I'm, like, no, no, and, like, everyone's, like, pushing me towards him, he, like, reaches out and pulls me up, and he pulls me up on the podium, and um, I'm just, like, there looking at him, like, trembling, and he, like, gives me the mic to sing the chorus of the song, and, like, um, I'm, like, my voice is, like, cracking, um, the newspaper the next day was like a prepubescent fan came on stage and croaked his way through the corners. <laughs> when did this happen? This was April 29th of last year, and um, so I'm up on stage with him, and like while I'm singing, I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I just like put my arm around him, and he like puts his arm around me, and I'm like laughing and like shaking, and then so he's like whispers in my ear, he's like. Alright, now, like, say, like, come on, East Street Band. And I'm like, come on, East Street Band! And, like, then the band comes in. And, um, so, like, now I'm just, like, with our arms around each other, like, <laughs> dancing. And then he, like, lifts me up as if I were his son. Like, lifts me up into the crowd. And, like, that's where the picture comes from. My friend who I met at the show, like, snapped an Instagram right then. Dude. And he, like, lowers me into the crowd. And, like, um, yeah, and I'm, like, kind of crowd surfing. And he, like, watches to make sure, like, I get safely down. And then he, like, heads back to the stage. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. So, yeah. I mean, what was it like? What was it like to have your wildest dream come true? Oh, man. Um, it's still hard for me to, like, fathom. Um, it was, you know, like, I sent the picture to my dad and my mom, like, right after, like, the show ended. And, like, um, they called me right after and, like, we were on the phone and, um, you know, like, it was just intense, you know? And, like, after, like, the friend I was with was like, we gotta find him. I'm like, we're not gonna be able to find him. And we didn't find him, but, like, um... Did you try? Yeah, we tried. Um, you know, it's it's hard to put into words, you know? It's yeah, really yeah. awesome. Like, um, I definitely feel like I'm a different person since then. I feel, really? um, yeah, a lot more content. Um, you know, he's, he's a healer, you know? He touches you and you're, you're healed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. really, though. Yeah, for real. Um... Why? And you didn't know me before then, um, I was a sad kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, why? I mean, I know you like you love his music and everything, yeah. but obviously this admiration goes beyond music. So, yeah. like, what do you love about it? Oh, so much. Um, and every time someone asks me a question about, like, what do you love about Bruce Springsteen, I, like, answer it differently just because there's a lot to it. Um, I love that he is... Um, He's, like, the world's biggest music nerd who got famous, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, he made Nebraska because he was listening to the first Suicide album. He made, you know, Darkness on the Edge of Town because he was listening to, like, the punk seven inches coming out at that time. He made Wrecking Ball because he was listening to, like, Arcade Fire and, like, the new bands. Oh, wow. He's not a dude who, um, he's not a dude who, like, rests on his laurels or ever says, like, I've done enough. He's constantly, um, working and, um... Steve Van Zandt, his guitarist, once said that whatever album Bruce is touring is two albums behind what he's working on. He's just constantly making music, and as a fan, it's the most exciting thing. You know, um, when I was a freshman, he put out this album called The Promise, which was two discs of like unreleased tracks from the Sessions for Darkness on the Edge of Town. There's just so much music, he's, there's just so much devotion to it, and he means all of it. There's no irony, there's no... Um, yeah. There's no sense of, like, um, there's no, I mean, like, 
if you look at like his peers or who were thought to be his peers at the time, like Billy Joel or um, you know like Joe Prine or like any of the people who were signed around the same time, so most of them have been dormant, you know, doing tours when they can. But Bruce never takes his fans for granted. He's always trying to like find the next step. He's always trying to. Um, you know, to like say like, what did I do last time? How can I make it better this time? And to me, there's nothing more admirable in, in, a, in an artist. Is that, so do you try to take that approach too? Absolutely, in everything, you know. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing I can look at in Bruce's career and say like, he gave less than 100%. You know, I try to have the same attitude about the stuff I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, man, that is, yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. Um, okay, I don't... What is Zen Effect? Uh, it's the name of a book um, that I saw. And it's... Um, this, it used to be a blog I ran. <laughs> um, uh -huh. That's the actual answer. Um, yeah, throughout the year um, 2011, I ran a blog called Zen Effect where I wrote about um, kind of like the ambient scene, like the tape community of like um, drone and ambient releases. Like which um, music? Yeah. It's like a genre uh, Yeah, music? it's like um, a, like kind of subdued electronic music and um, noise and like that kind of stuff. Um, and to me it was the most, ex it's still really exciting, that genre to me. And um, I started like, a few friends like were tipping me off to like these small tape labels. And um, at the time, it just seemed so exciting and that so much care was being put into it. And I'm just a sucker for, like, physical media and records and tapes. And to me, this was a genre of music that had so much focus on that and so much care. And I couldn't make this kind of music. I couldn't replicate it. And so I thought, what I, like, I get it and I like it and I can write about it. And so I ran a blog. And it was one of the best years. I mean, I learned about so much music, and I met so many people, a lot of whom I'm still friends with. Um, and uh, I, I stopped doing it just because school got busier, and um, I think writing about music is um, a, kind of a dirty game because you just end up analyzing things too much, and it ends up becoming a thing where you're listening to find like the angle to find right, how you're going right, to start right, your right. review, yeah. and you stop listening to be like, this is a talented you know, man or woman, and they're doing incredible stuff. And I just wanted to listen as a fan again and stop trying to be um, like the expert or the critic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now it's just my Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and, okay. All right, yeah, that's it for the uh, questions, whatever it's called. Um, okay, now we're going to take another intermission. Mm -hmm. um, sell the people something. Sell people something? Yeah. Like your Twitter name, your music, where can mm -hmm. we find it all? Oh, um, if you, you know, <laughs> I'm bad at talk. I'd rather talk about other people's Twitters or other people's stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, you know, Zenifex, Twitter slash Zenifex, uh, Facebook slash The Bird Calls. From this bummer. You know, Facebook slash bomb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else? Anything uh, like cool things going on outside of your own production you want to let people know about? Uh, let's think. Um, what's well, Young Crybaby's birthday? So, um, by the time people hear this, the birthday will be over. Be, this will be up tonight. Oh yeah. Then there's there will still be time to celebrate Young Crybaby's good, birthday. Good. Then celebrate Crybaby. He's <laughs> you know he deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right.
That's it for plugs. Wait. Now let's play a game. Sure. All right. I love games. This game, this game is called Symbolize This. Oh man. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you like something, and then you're gonna have to tell me what it symbolizes, either to you or just in general. Okay. Yeah. But what is? Yeah. Okay. So first, what does Bruce Springsteen symbolize? Um. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <That's> it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even intentional, but there's a great answer. <laughs> okay, uh, what does London symbolize? Uh, maybe like um, Papa John's. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about America? America is the symbol for um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, in, like enormous amounts of um, fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like that. Yeah. Um, what is uh, what does spike symbolize? Spike is the symbol for just um, decadence and just um, like not knowing when to say enough is enough. Okay. Um, what does Syracuse symbolize? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know Syracuse well enough, but I would probably say um, like worms and lizards. Okay. Do you care to explain <laughs> why? Uh, I mean, the game symbolized this, not symbolize and explain. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, what does the computer symbolize? Um, voyeurism. Ah, uh, nice. What does this podcast symbolize? Um, just the future. Like the future of recorded media. Um, Alright. That's it for Symbolize This. Okay, I like that. Now we're going to play a game called Metaphor That. Oh, cool. Where you have to... I'm going to tell you... Actually, this is kind of the same game. Oh, no, this, sorry. This is different. Okay. I'm going to give you an object... Actually, this is the same game. Uh, well, yeah. A metaphor and a symbol can be different. How are they? I've been like I feel like they are, but I haven't been able to really well, figure it out. I mean, like a metaphor would be like, um, like you see, like last night, Yulia was eating cereal and her spoon had a hole in it. Uh huh. And so to me, that was like a metaphor. You know, like watching someone eat and like like not being able to like get it to their mouth before it all fell out. That could you know it could be a metaphor for like. Um, you know, like a hole in your life. Whereas like a symbol would be like one thing just in the place of another. Like for example, like like worms and lizards and then Syracuse. Or like the same? Right. Like one like but one stands in for the other. But then why couldn't that be a metaphor? Because like... Um, it's not an idea or something? Yeah, I think just because like... Um, like a metaphor to me is... Like, a symbol is, like, one word for another word. Uh -huh. Like, Bruce Springsteen, Jesus. Like, Bruce yeah, Springsteen yeah. symbolizes Jesus. Whereas, like, um, you know, like, a metaphor would be, like, Yulia eating cereal and her spoon has a hole in it represents, like, um, you know, um, just the way you can't get what you want without sacrificing a lot of it. Okay. So, metaphor is, like, more... Sounds like it's, like, more of an idea. More yeah, like we should call Forbes here of. for this one. Dude, if I if I ever interview Forbes for this podcast, I will just I will just stop it. That will be the last episode. Mm. Yeah. 
too good. All right, well, I don't understand the game, but we're going to play it anyway. Okay. So, metaphor the sun. The sun? Yeah. Um, like the sun, like, I, there needs to be more, I think. <laughs> but um, for the sake of the game, we'll say um, <laughs> that the sun is a metaphor for um, just like death in general, because we shine so bright and then we're going to explode in 50 billion years. Wow. Yeah, great. Uh, what about the guitar? Um, it's like masturbating. You know, like, um, if like you're a dude who like um, can do wicked solos on your guitar, it probably means um, that like you can do wicked tricks with your cock when you're masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, a metaphor, um, clothes. Um... Well, we're the only animals who wear clothes, so like us needing to wear clothes could be a metaphor for like us needing to prove to the other animals that we're better than them. If you see um, Planet of the Apes with Franco, mm -hmm. that like Franco starring in Planet of the Apes, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, the monkey he has wears pants, and in that I'd say the pants are more of a symbol, you know, for that monkey's um, like increased intelligence. Okay. I don't know, man. I really don't understand the difference. It's your game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I don't want to be, like, misrepresenting these terms here. Mm. All right, well, disclaimer. This is wrong. Um, metaphor uh, music. Um, or that's, that... that's tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? Because mm. it's not really an object. Yeah. Go for it. Just metaphor. Can, how about writing music? Okay. Um, well, sometimes writing music can be like um, it's more like a simile. You know, okay. that's another thing entirely. Simile. This. Like writing music is like um, is like um, maybe um, like going skinny dipping with um, like your uncle. How? You you're right. You're right. Sorry. My fault. My fault. My fault. My fault. Like, Bad I just question. put this stuff out there. <laughs> uh, metaphor pizza. Oh, God. Um, Are like, you a big pizza fan? Yeah, I love pizza. Um, so, pizza is, like, a metaphor for, like, all food. Like, if I say I want pizza, it just means I want food. You know? So, um, again, that's, like, a symbol. That's, like, the way people say, like... Like, give me a Kleenex, even if it's a different brand tissue. Yeah. I'll say, like, let's order some pizza, even if, like, I, like, don't need someone to order pizza. Even if you want wings? I wouldn't Chinese. want wings, because I'm a vegetarian. Ah, okay. But, um... Um, okay. Metaphor, sex house. Oh, <laughs> sex house? Sex house is incredible, and it works really well <laughs> as a metaphor. Um, because it's, like... Man, because sex house is, like... <laughs> it starts with, like, this... You just, you see the first episode and you're thinking like, oh man, like, you know, it's just like riffing on like on reality TV and you think it's just going to be like, um, you know, like slut shaming and just like that kind of stuff. But then it turns into like this beautiful story of survival. And um, really? yeah, how many episodes? I've only, I only watched the first episode. Oh, dude. I know, I know. Like by the end of Sex House, <laughs> like, like it gets into like... Man, I, like, I don't want to spoil it now, right, but right. Sex House is unbelievable. It's a, it's a metaphor for survival? Yeah, it's just a metaphor for, like, the will to move on, to survive and to live. 
Alright, I like that. It's right. what's up. Alright, alright. I'll yeah. definitely check it out. Definitely keep watching sex apps. Uh, metaphor Riff Raff. Riff Raff? He's like, um... He's kind of like rap game LeBron James, you know? <laughs> he's like rap game LeBron, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, metaphor, college. Uh, that's tough to say because I'm in college right now. Um, it's a great time to learn. <laughs> All right. uh, metaphor, your clothes, what you're wearing. I mean, pretty yeah. uh, appropriate today. Yeah, right? I'm wearing a Bruce Springsteen shirt. Um, you know, this shirt I got at the first Bruce show I went to, um, and I was 10 years old, and I got a size medium, because my dad got me a size medium, and he was like, one day you'll fit into it. Uh, so I couldn't wear it for a really long time, but now I can wear it. So I guess it's, you know, the, the father's wisdom <laughs> is what this represents. And finally, metaphor, um, Kiri palm you palm Hey, you. Kiri palm you palm you. <laughs> Man, Kiai Pomyu represents a lot. Um, this is also a crybaby cry territory question. Okay. Because okay. um, he's the one who got me into Kiai Pomyu. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, cool. She's a Japanese pop star. Oh, wow. And who I saw live um, on Sunday, her second ever show in the United States. And it was incredible, just because um, just has so much integrity, and there's no um, there's no ego, there's no um, none of that like American coolness that goes yeah, into. Yeah like being like an American pop star. She's just so stoked about her own music and um, like, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Um, she's great. Definitely recommend Palm You, Palm You. What is she a metaphor? What is she a metaphor for? Probably um, what I think should be like the future of pop music in terms of the fact that she, um, she's, you know, she put out a record and um, it was, I guess, like a pretty big hit in Japan, and she's coming to America and doing shows. Um, she does these great videos with lots of um, costumes and stuff. Like, honestly, the show, I was probably the least dressed up person. I was just wearing, like, a t-shirt. Everyone else has got, like, you know, I mean, it's like a lot of anime kids, you know. It's an exact connection with their music. But um, it just creates other worlds. It doesn't sound like anything. Um, it's great. She's awesome. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. How do you spell it? Uh, K-Y-A-R-Y P-A-M-Y-U P-A-M-Y-U Alright. She's great. Good for reference. Yeah. Um. Alright, that's that's all the questions I have. Great. I just, I want to thank you so much for hey, coming on the show. It's a pleasure. It's, um, it was easier than I thought it would be. Alright, good, good. Yeah. I don't, you know, don't want to make anyone uncomfortable yeah definitely I have sensitive ears and a fragile frame and my wings are too small for me to be able to fly you know <laughs> uh, alright could you please end the show with a quote uh, does it have to be mine no oh um, there's a quote from Oprah um, that I've been thinking about she says um, the future is so bright that it literally burns my eyes that's Oprah.